What are we starting with? Halo 2, obviously. All right, well, then Blow Me Away is playing right now. Okay, whatever. You've got to get, send me that one so I remember. Will do. It's, okay. the, it's the Breaking Benjamin song. Oh, no, I want, I want real music. What are you talking no, about? No, it's way funnier. It's way funnier to just cut the... I promise this is true. This is an executive decision. I mean, you okay. can override me if you want to. I mean, I edit this podcast. I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's true. I'll, I'll just be like you and be like, oh, I forgot to add it. Like you do every time I give you a song. <laughs> I genuinely do forget. <laughs> staying in now <laughs> <laughs> no it's not this is not the podcast for that um putting it directly in the next voice line <laughs> And welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 109. I'm your host, Am, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Video games. It's video games time. New consoles got pre-orders <laughs> out. We didn't get any of them. I tried to get an Xbox. I swear to God, I did. I want to play I want to play a Lost Odyssey so bad, and I don't want to dig out my 360. I actually think I sold my physical copy of Lost Odyssey when I got rid of a bunch of games. I'd have to reacquire it. I just want a new Xbox. Why can't they just let me buy a new Xbox? Uh, it's, it's a disaster out there. How many people want Xboxes? Fucking every the, everyone. Everyone wants to spend exactly thirty dollars a month on an Xbox. I assume it was easy to get one if you just got one. But it seems uh, like as far a, as I can like tell, it was all a mess either way. No, all the Xboxes are sold out along all the metrics. I want yeah. the big one. I want to pay the ex- extra amount to get a disc drive because uh, I need a replacement for my PS4's Blu-ray player functionality. When I get rid of my PS, well, I put it away and never touch it again. I don't get rid <laughs> of consoles. I just put them on a shelf and forget they exist. That's the same thing, really. Yeah. Um, I forgot the new consoles were happening, and I was like, "Oh, right, that did happen." <laughs> yeah. Um, was not in my headspace for things that come up on this podcast. News, our news, our, our regular news segment. Regular video game news segments. Video game news. Final Fantasy 16 was announced. We think it looks like dog shit. We talked about this on Voice <laughs> Life. We don't yes, have to we go this again. We do not. Um, not going to get a PS5, probably. I, you know, who knows what the future holds. We could all be dead, or I could run into a bunch of money and get a PS5. I am more likely to get a PS5 because I have an Xbox One, so I can play Lost Odyssey already. <laughs> I am more likely um, to die than get a PS5, I think. But, you know. I mean, we're all more likely to die. Not <laughs> 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 to get morbid on this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure I'll end up with uh, one of them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, how's video games treating you? Do you play anything? Uh, I've played a couple things. Anything worth uh, mentioning on this already busy episode? I've played a game called Cyberhook. I've never heard of this. This is a first-person level-based uh, time trial game 
uh, where you are have a like Spider-Man cyberhook, uh, and it's in first person. It's all about managing your momentum and uh, zipping through these levels. I am not like that great at it. I've seen some footage of people who are really good, and uh, uh, but it's pretty fun. Uh, even if like trying a level three hundred times in a row uh, is slightly too mentally daunting for me, I do not have the speedrunner's mind. Hmm. Um, but it's cool. It's just just a game that came out, and I was like, "That seems cool. I'll play that tonight." And I did, and it was fun. Don't think too hard. <laughs> just that's my advice to myself. Yep, that's fair. What about you? Have you been gaming? Getting uh, some I, you games? know, actually, yes. Uh, me and Destiny played through Minecraft Dungeons, which is the Minecraft uh, Diablo clone, um, which was pretty uh, so. Going through it was interesting because, like, I, Dustin was like, I just want something to play, and we're kind of sick of fighting games. I was like, you know, you like Minecraft, uh, like Minecraft, Minecraft. Let's get this game, and, you know, we'll see if this is a genre you like. And if you like it, we've got a lot more entries to play. Uh, we can go play Diablo or whatever. Um, and turns out that she liked it, but it's weird because, like, it started out, and I was playing, and I'm like, this is kind of, this is fun, but it's very simple, and it doesn't have a lot of features that you would think you'd want in a game like this. And then, right as we were nearing the end, they rolled out the la- the second, and I assume last DLC, um maybe not this game seems like it's popular and totally redid all of the like structures of like shopkeepers and item stuff to make it way more what you want <laughs> they just turned they put a real game in it finally fantastic um it's really fun especially if you like want to just chill out and play one of those um it's not like diablo complex it's relatively straightforward uh, they made this game for children um but we're having a good time <laughs> This the same type of gamer, children and thirty mid thirties. That's all there is. Yep, <laughs> it's a binary. Yeah, no, no, those are the, those are the same group. It, it's like those t- in between those two is like serious gamers. But oh, okay, yes, uh, I, I get it now. You you grow up and then you just want simple games that you can play for an hour at a time and beat in like a week and a half. I thought you meant children and people who like want the real RPGs. No, like I mean that there's a bell curve games. between like being too young to want stupid things, wanting stupid things, and being too old to want stupid things. Uh, I think that the uh, Grognan Diablo fans are not younger than their mid-30s, at the very least. Look, sometimes age is just a number and you are still <laughs> 22 in your mind. That's true. I I definitely am. <laughs> Yeah, you love all the numbers. You enjoy all the leveling. <laughs> I did enjoy all the... I have never played Diablo. No, but we, we, we both like X-Men Legends 2. That's the most one of these, too many numbers. That's true. I do like when the numbers go up. I do just want to retire and play RPGs all day. Too bad you can't do that. What if I did, though? Sorry, not allowed. I'm going to get into wizardry, and Dia's going to be stoked. Uh, yeah, you're not going to actually do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I was watching Wizardry Quick Clicks earlier, or like, not Quick Clicks, just Let's Plays. Someone had hooked up the old Dust game to like a auto-graphing software that works with certain games, and you can do custom, basically turns any of those old dungeon crawlers into Etrian Odyssey on your computer. Yeah, as I was say, you could just play Etrian Odyssey, it does, it does that. <laughs> Yeah, but there's a whole. Th- it, it works with a bunch. Of- it seemed cool. It was. It was a cool thing. Anyway, th- not really that important, but just the things I uh, procrastinate with on YouTube. Fair enough. We've got four goddamn video games. One of them is a lot like uh, only going to be half covered here, but we should probably just get into them. Um, Let's go. 
So let's put on some music and we will start with our uh, video games. played Halo 2. Not a game Hello. club. We didn't announce it. We're not going through it bit by bit, but we did play Halo 2. We said we'd update you when we played through more Halo after we did our Halo episode, and we've done that. We played Halo 2. Uh, we yep, played about 17 years ago. We played uh, on the Master Chief Collection. Maybe the most shoddily constructed video game I have ever, ex not ever, but in the last 10 years experience, Halo 2. They've spent uh, seven years fixing that. Only to break it again. <laughs> Incredible. I we had that game like hard crashes out of Halo multiple times. One we figured out anytime you change the graphics, it just did that. Uh, but also, it just did that a couple times on its own, just for funsies. Yeah, it's it's a real disaster, and like it's on multiple levels because like Halo Two, first game, infamously rushed, uh, that like just not finished at all, uh, thrown out the door. Then Halo Two Anniversary, same, infinitely rushed to be get into Master Chief Collection, which was also in itself a disaster. And then these PC ports are kind of bad. Uh, so across all the like uh, areas in which games this was made, it was always rushed and kind of bad. And then it's, it's not a great experience. But Halo 2 itself whips. It's all right. It whips. <laughs> so here's the thing. I enjoyed Halo 2 a lot. Uh, specifically, uh, and I cannot emphasize this enough, mostly only when you're playing as the Arbiter. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, the Arbiter stuff is the best stuff in Halo, full stop. The, the, the story is better. Like, I know you care about the lore. I, I think I think, <laughs> I think I was oversold how much cooler the story in Halo 2 is uh, than it's Halo so 1. It's so cool. You go to the... Look, you went there in 2004. I mean, you were playing Final Fantasy, so whatever. Like, you <laughs> Yeah, but I was going to say, in 2004, I played Final Fantasy X, so get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was living in a different world. I had an Xbox, and I had... My serious story games were like fucking Jade Empire. So, Halo 2 is incredible. Yeah. Um, so, uh... Yeah, so that part like kind of missed me. It's fine. <laughs> there is a bit two thirds of the way in where fucking Guilty Spark shows up again, and I lost my mind. I was so mad about it. <laughs> I didn't realize main that asshole of was Halo. coming back. <laughs> three, four, three games. Yeah, I thought that was just because the first one. No, he's just a main character of Halo. 
<laughs> sucks. Fucking hate it. Anyway. Um, and then there's the part where playing as Master Chief mostly is terrible because I did it before. Dual wielding is not more, in, like, doesn't actually, isn't that interesting. So it was a lot of, like, playing through those levels again, except now there's a bunch of Marines with you and they all suck. They're all intolerable. Uh, playing as Master Chief is, is, is still good, I think. It's I mean, fine. like, I. The, the 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 improvements don't come in the uh dual wielding even though i think it's like fine it's the game has way better and more tightly designed levels than the first game um except for the part where every time you're doing waves if you stand there after you kill a wave you're like did this break is the next wave gonna come and then they come 30 seconds after you've had that thought <laughs> <laughs> okay yes yeah, so the waves are still annoying um, um because uh, this game is a uh, fucking shambles but they give you a cool character that gets a uh, fucking sword and the ability to turn invisible and that's way better also yeah, you he d- doesn't hang around with a bunch of like racist hoorah boys no the 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 covenant are just way cooler than humanity i support them in their war yes uh, <laughs> just fucking wipe out these guys yeah um and so that stuff was great and then uh, you know they give master chief a sword later on to be like no no see he's cool too and you're like i don't buy it i mean I, the sword is good but not because master chief has it um he's finishing this fight the other thing that's really weird is like cortana's barely in that game <laughs> given like where i know where the halo lore is <laughs> she spends um, she spends the back third of that game failing to do the one thing that she says she alone can do <laughs> That's true. That's true. They, she, and she never does it. Now yeah. she's just stuck on high charity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the like Cortana myth making kind of starts in three and then three for three take it in the worst possible direction in four. Because uh, I've I've shown you some cutscenes from four. They are criminal. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was fun enough that I ended up downloading Destiny 2. That's what actually happened and played a couple hours of that. Haven't gotten back to it because uh, time happens and we're busy people. Um, I would love to, though, because that game is, is like Halo 2. Levels are a little worse. Scripting's way better. It, I'm much less likely to break on me. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, I had a good time with that. Um, but Halo 2 is like a weird... It's weird because I feel like everyone built it up too much to where I'm like resistant and also i thought it was like marginally better than two than halo one especially in the back like the part where the game wasn't finished and was rushed and didn't have an ending means that i didn't have to go through the intolerable back third like i did in halo which was terrible (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but it does mean that like like i i I kind of missed the vehicle segments i think are way worse i like that one in halo we're just running around the halo like level two there's nothing like that in this game no no uh, there's no like open spaces on that level because the game is stitched together. Yeah, instead you get those big set pieces where you're like escorting the ship on uh, New Mombasa or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's and the like big highway with a tank. Yeah, n- that's just not the same. No, this is a game where you get on the giant scarab and you don't actually have to like blow it up once you get there. You just get a cutscene that happens that. <laughs> You do jump on it and get to the center of it, and they should have just at least had you throw a grenade at one of the. Like you just have to kill yeah, all the guys. Yeah, you should on have it. to like. You, have to, you just have to like dump in a computer and then jump off the thing before it explodes or whatever, right? Like, be a video game, please. Goldeneye was doing this shit ten years before this. It wasn't ten years, but I'm very curious to see what you'll think about Halo Three. Okay, uh, because I I think Halo Two is like the best the story ever got because they really back away from the Halo Two stuff. Uh, because everyone hates it um they don't now because they've seen what halo can be like uh but originally the like arbiter was 
controversial in a raiden like way and no one liked and people compared the like um religious bullshit to the prequels which are also good uh I just, oh, I came here to be Master Chief, not listen to space religion stuff. And I'm like, the space religion stuff is way better than Master Chief going, I need a weapon. And then some guy going, all right, mate, uh, let's go fucking get him. Then he dies. Um, like, that's uh, every Master I will, Chief level. I will say the space religion stuff is like, not, I don't think it's like great. It's not, it's not like well considered. The thing is, it takes up about 10 minutes of the entire video game. It's specifically the opening where it cuts between them. And is very clearly like, oh, it's like a very baby's first uh, themes take, right? But I think it's smarter yeah. than anything that comes before in Halo. It's like, oh, the Covenant and their religion is kind of like the humans. And they're I'm just weird, saying like, I was destabilizing fascism. you, Yeva, in this exact year, so. <laughs> when you put it this way, <laughs> like, God, it's just not in the same universe. But yeah, it's for- like getting mad about this, the the story, like, oh, there's too much of this story in Halo. I'm like, no, there isn't. There's barely any story at all, even now. <laughs> yes, when you put it up again, I mean, that's why when I when you started hanging out with me and we're like, you need to play a Final Fantasy, blew my goddamn mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this is this, this is just the stuff I was playing. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was nice. I'm excited for Halo Three. I'm hoping because I was like oversold on halo 2 and don't have the affection because i didn't play you know i didn't i wasn't playing this on xbox live in 2004 i will just like Mm. the later halos more um we'll see i mean people are kind of normal about three it's just a game people mostly like Yeah, you know i'm fingers crossed for odst and reach which i know some people really like and you do not so um I don't dislike them, but I don't have as I like two the most. Well, the other thing is I ha- I replayed the trilogy recently in, in like a I'll play Halo Five soon. But then when they were coming to PC, I put that off and then we've started again. So I haven't played ODST or Reach since uh, like 2009, Yeah, um, we might we might have Halo Three done by next month. Who can say? No promises, but it is out. Like we're not waiting on it. So I'm just you just need to be in the mood and then send yeah. me a message and then we'll go. Yeah, it takes about a week. It's really easy. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have for Halo. It was fun. I liked it. I, I I, think I liked Halo 1 more. Hmm. I, that <laughs> so, is like, surprising. As long as we're not talking about being the Arbiter. <laughs> that's surprising because of my memory of you playing Halo 1 was just complaining about how you played three levels and then the they they just yeah, played those levels again backwards. I, yes. <laughs> you were but, so mad playing those ga- that game. I had, I had a real good... Look, sometimes you just give out to give out, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I get there that. Is, there is like a, a feeling of weariness to the Master Chief stuff in Halo 2. I did not feel with Halo 1, aside from that one area we kept dying in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that one checkpoint was pretty funny. Um, But... uh. Yeah, like a third of Halo Two is way better, and then the other two thirds are really not. Um, that I, I have no opinion about the Grave Mind. It seems fine. Uh, the part where I know they're just going to abandon all this shit in the next game kind of sucks. Um, it's not completely about. They really abandon it when it comes to uh, an Ancient Evil Awakens. Um, Halo Three is still still a sequel to this. It just pulls away more than I'd want. Okay. There's there's stuff in the um. Uh, the waypoint like history where the original plot of Halo 3 had nothing to do with any of this uh, and then I think it's Marty O'Donnell uh, weird Republican asshole composer of cool music comes in and goes if you do this everyone will hate us forever we have to actually conclude the storylines 
Um, yep. Uh, my 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 spicy take, which I assume will only be reinforced as we get after three, is that they should have killed the Master Chief and made this about the Arbiter. Uh, yes, correct. <laughs> so. Uh, also, it opening with a ridiculous, uh, expensive cutscene of the Halo Five guy. <laughs> oh, right. I don't know. Talking yes. to the Arbiter is hilarious. Like he's I'm like, tell me Master about Chief. The he's Arbiter. like, well, I will tell you about Spartan, whatever. Blah blah blah. Yep, and all the subtitles like using the like original names that were only in the lore. Because uh, it wasn't until three four three that stuff started bleeding into the games, and they were called like Sanghili or whatever, uh, which is the like covenant name for the elites. Ah, uh, yeah. It was bad. Anyway, Halo. I still haven't actually watched all those blur cutscenes for the two anniversary. I need to go do that because they looked very nice. <laughs> yeah, the blood does what blood does. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do first? You're choosing. Then we're doing Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast. Get out of the way. Ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> it, it seems... I feel like it's indicative of the, the flaws and strengths of our podcast that when a game is just incredibly good, we have nothing to say. <laughs> okay, let's... Ready? Three, two, one, go. Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast is perfect. End of segment. Well, that's not true. Outrun 2 is a perfect game. <laughs> <laughs> Outrun is a perfect game in most of its conceptions. I haven't played all of them. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's all of them. Outrun is perfect. This is the Outrun segment. I came in with a bad introduction because I was doing a bit instead. Uh, but we so, are doing Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast. Came out uh, March 2006. Developed by Sumo Digital as a like conversion and expansion of Outrun 2, which was developed uh, by Sega AM2 in 2004 yeah but also is like an homage to the they're like we're gonna remake outrun put outrun 2 in it it's just gonna be the most outrun you can ever get this is just the the definitive outrun package and still is and then they took outrun as a franchise and dumped it in a river and it never emerged (laughs) despite being as previously stated fucking perfect yes anyway we've got nothing to say about it uh so outrun if you don't know is a is a racing game feels strong it is a driving game and the distinction here is that you are against a timer to get through areas you're not like trying to be first in most of the versions of this game there are like actual race parts but it's not very important um 
And uh, in doing so, you are going through these areas. Uh, Outrun is noted for having branching paths where you start at like the seaside town. And then at the end of this section, you get before you get your new time from hitting the checkpoint, you get to choose left or right. And those branch uh, five times leading to a bunch of four times, I guess, leading to, you know, a distinct path through your five segments of your run. And then you get to the end and it's game over and you put in your score and the your girlfriend's like, yay, because the aesthetic <laughs> is like, you know, clear skies, beautiful days, drifting through amazing locales in a Ferrari with uh, your girlfriend hooting and hollering in the driver's seat. That is the aesthetic of OutRun. Powerful aesthetic. Also, it, it looks really like Sonic Adventure all time. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> because it's close enough to the other two. That even though it's on the X, like you know, the the Xbox was the first port of out. Like Iron Two is on some powerful arcade hardware for two thousand and four. Yes, uh, but it's still close enough that this is early old Sega, and it, it looks like you just drift in with your girlfriend through Sonic Adventure City. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And it, it's the it's the best. I've loved it since I was a kid. Since I played it in arcades, I got the Xbox version uh, as a kid as well. Long yeah. time Outrun fan. My introduction to Outrun was actually the Xbox Live Arcade Outrun uh, Online Arcade. I guess is the name of that game. <laughs> yes. Um, which came out in 2009, and I loved it. And then um, I, I got it on 360, and then I got a PS3. And by then, I think the game had already been delisted. Um, Classic. <laughs> and so I then downloaded the exe for this game and it's just been my outrun replacement and i you know i played one on uh it's on switch really good version on switch um there's a 3ds version that's incredible and weird uh, if you have a 3ds that has 3d capabilities because m2 went and took all those sega arcade games and made them 3d compatible in a way that's really cool um really recommend that if you have a means to play it um, increasingly rare for people to have 3ds's that have 3d tragic the, yeah. the death of the ds yeah, um, but no, uh, because of that, the, yeah, this is just a chill game about drifting and listening to cool music and slipstreaming behind. This game has maybe the most aggressive slipstream in any game I've ever played. <laughs> you just overtake everyone. Yeah, you'll just get like a 20 mile per hour boost by being behind someone. It's incredible. Yeah, everything is just like the extreme of a child's idea of driving. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not a whole lot to talk about here other than, like, this is a chill game. I've, I've had it on my computer for years. I'm going to continue having it on. Um, now that I finally got this set up to where, like, a controller works properly with the, the fixes that we use to play this game, um, if you're playing the PC version, there is a uh, fix that you can apply that will allow a controller to properly work on it. Otherwise, it's very difficult. <laughs> yes. And rumble. You get rumble back. <laughs> It's 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 a cool it's a really good fix. What is the what is the um, site that you look up for how to do the stuff? I never remember. It's that. PC Gaming Wiki. Whenever there's an old PC game, I always go there, and if there's like an important fix, they will 100 percent of the time link you to it. Important yep. resource for playing uh, old games. In in the original release of this game, all of the lens flares are in the wrong folder. If you just move the folder, you get lens flares back. <laughs> yeah, which and they're like a, a big part of the aesthetic of Outrun Two. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so c ridiculous port issues, but it's it's yes. now uh, set up so I, I can play it properly. Make sure to configure your controller in the menu of yes. the game, not just do the outside of game setup stuff. You have to do it in the menu of the game, um, and it'll suddenly work perfectly. <laughs> yes. Uh, turn off force feedback in the tool. Yes, because that's for uh, that's, that's for wheels. That's different than Rumble. Yes, and if you yes. have force feedback off for some reason, it just doesn't work. <laughs> 
PC games. Yeah. Uh. Um, but because this is the game to me, like Outrun as the franchise is, is the reason I think there's like a delineation between racing games and driving games because the Absolutely. joy of a game like this is in just experiencing the, the feeling of a car being on a road and not about like the competition. Like, mm-hmm. even when I was playing the racing modes, if I got, like, second or third place, it's not the end of the world. The game doesn't seem to care. It keeps you going. Like, your score is not as good, but they don't care. Yeah. It's, uh, the pin, like, the two pillars of this, like, mode of, uh, racing game, driving game, I guess, to me are Outrun, uh, and, uh, Burnout Paradise specifically. Uh. Oh, I think of, uh, Dirt Rally as the other one of these. That's, that, yep, that's, mm-hmm, Because my joy in Dirt Rally is just the experience of, like, driving a car on dirt. <laughs> and, like, the winning is nice, I guess. It, like, it gets you moving through the progression, but, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? The act of the driving itself is fun, and I don't necessarily think that's true of a lot of, like, racing games. Like, Absolutely. I like Mario Kart, but I'm not playing Mario Kart to, like, enjoy controlling a cart in Mario Kart. <laughs> Unless uh, I'm it's... playing Double Dash with my friend in college in 2004. <laughs> I w- they should just port Double Dash. Yes. <laughs> work out some ridiculous online solution to make the two-player mode work. Yes. I don't know how you do that. Put in like intense GGPO for Mario Kart. Yep. 16-player Mario Kart Double Dash. <sighs> Holy shit, let's go! <laughs> yep. Uh, it's incredible. But yes, uh, that's the distinction, right? And uh, so these games always are like about the aesthetics, about the music, about the way it looks. Like this game, one of the endings is like starry skies, like just like there's a city, but also the night sky has more stars than I've ever seen in a night sky in my entire life as you're like drifting through it. And it's incredible. Uh, You know, you go to like Moai Heads and fake Machu Picchu and a space shuttle being launched. Just a bunch of cool things happening. absolutely uh this this game is just uh sick as hell also has absolutely the um the the best drift yeah i mean i i haven't played ridge racer which i know is another high drift uh fan game right like people who love drift love ridge racer i've just never experienced like r4 i think is the one people like right um yeah all of them i mean i've i've played ridge racer 7 on the uh ps3 it's an incredible game you should you should play that if you can but it's disc only ps3 game so yeah i mean there's there's, people at some point i will play a ridge racer i just don't know when or uh which one but it's a weird gap in my knowledge as someone who likes these style of games yeah god just just bring out ridge racer 8 already it can just be a port of because seven's basically a port of six because six was for the three sixty. Yeah, um, I mean this has the, the outrun thing where they just all they can do is put out the game again, right? Like, right? Yeah. Oh, love a new Ridge Racer. God damn, this yeah. whole genre's dead. Yes, uh, outrun specifically is dead because they put Ferraris in it and didn't want to keep paying for Ferrari license, uh, which ridiculous. Stupid. The, the thing is, I like the aesthetic of the Ferraris, but if the difference is between, like, people can play this game or I get my Ferraris, I'd rather people be able to play this game. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not like taking out Magical Sound Shower or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, that ha- That's non-negotiable, but the Ferraris, no. uh, whatever. Yeah. Splash, Splash Breeze is a better song, but you know what? I'll take it. You need Magical yep. Sound Shower. You need, you need all of them. God, yeah. Splash Breeze is good. Yes, it's a good soundtrack. It's just yes. it's just classic, classic all the way down. Yeah, uh, and so the thing with 2006 Coast to Coast is they tried to add a campaign, like a normal console campaign mode, to Outrun. Yes, um, 
and it's kind of bad, but like they did the best they could, I guess. It gives There's you just... stuff to do if you need stuff to do that isn't just play outrun again. Yes. There's like there's like normal like beat these guys in this race which is fine. That's the one that like but then there's also the heart attack which they put in the campaign which is also a separate mode. Mm-hmm. Which is your girlfriend gives you criteria to do for sections of the track and you have to do them. Um and I think those are genuinely pretty fun. It's usually like rack up points through drifting and by, by points I mean hearts as she like cheers for you. Like hearts fly off of her and go into a meter on the side because this is an arcade game from the early aughts. It's incredible. Um or like hit hit this giant soccer ball, like make sure you're dribbling it down the road, or here's a bunch <laughs> of ghosts in the forest, make sure you hit all the ghosts in the forest. Um, just a lot I can of like, never hit the ghosts. The ghosts are hard to hit. It's just very uh, goofy. Um, or hit, hit all the cars or avoid all the cars. Like just a bunch of like very specific things that make you play the game just slightly differently enough to be always like fun and and make you play like in ways that are not always the most comfortable. And I like that. I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, keep passing cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, this it's a uh, like the classic outrun game mode. I probably I I don't think it's necessarily better than the first one, but I would definitely say I play it more. Uh, uh, the the heart attack one, the heart attack mode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I in my in my like tier of what I'm going to be playing, classic ass outrun is number one with a bullet. Yes, because <laughs> you can just play that for 15 minutes, and be like I beat outrun, and then walk away, and ha- you know you're full for a little while. Um, yes, heart attack uh, is two, I, and then campaign. <laughs> And then campaign, right? Because I, I like Heart Attack a lot, uh, and to the point where like I, say, I play it more usually because they have different goals. But yes. f- when it comes to just let's play Outrun, I play Outrun, I'm done, and then it's like that's it. All right, Outrun's done. Yep. I'll play it again in six play months. Outrun again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, there's just nothing, um, nothing quite like it. Does mean does mean I'm never gonna unlock all the shit in this game. I need to find like a save that just lets me unlock all the stuff. Yes, there's loads of like songs and cars and stuff that yes. I couldn't unlock. Um, because of how the game is set up, and it's like I just want to unlock everything. I'm yeah. Not they really want you to play this like a real racing game with like a progression. I'm like, this is not. I play this like an arcade game. I enjoy it. I play it once, and then I forget about it for literally a year. Uh, I think if you change your name in the profile, you can you unlock things. Okay. That's what that's what the cheat websites told me. Because when you Google Outrun Two unlock things, you don't actually get like a progression guide. You get supercheats.com or whatever. Because 2006. Yeah. Uh, this game's incredible. Days. Everyone should play it. Uh, play any version of Outrun you get your hands on, really, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, not not too deep. The game's too good. There's no, there's no, uh, there's very few friction points to really dig into in the way that we tend to, like, do our criticism. Uh, it just is the exact thing it wants to be. And I miss it. I mean, if they made Outrun 3 now, it'd probably be bad. I don't. I don't think you can make Outrun three now, but I would love. I mean, to see I would try. just literally ask Summa Digital to make Outrun again. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the, Summa Digital just put out a game that is like it's not. It's a racing game, so it's not quite Outrun, but it does seem pretty sick. Uh, is that that, that Hot, Hotshot Racing game? Hotshot Racing, yeah. Yeah, I like Summa Digital a lot. Um, I never actually played Forza Horizon. I know they worked on that, um, but like you know, I like Snake Pass. They did um, Racing Transform. That's a really good game. Yes, that's a great uh, yeah. car racer. Yeah. You know, uh, they worked on Dirt 2. Dirt 2 is, they introduced me to Dirt. I fucking love Dirt 2. They worked on Dirt 2? I didn't know uh, Oh, they only worked on the PSP and the Wii one. Never mind. Didn't play those ones. 
I feel like the code rights and stuff is all in a different sphere of because the only you can only do racing games in the UK. That's not true. They finally got everyone else together and put them in a room and they're making Fable, but everyone else yes. is making racing games or Football Manager, and that's it. That's all you get in this country. Someone, someone took Lord British and sent him to space, and now they can make RPGs again. <laughs> yeah, that Fable game, I'll, I'll play it, but ooh, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll play it if I have the means to play it whenever it comes out. That that is up in the air, but um, I'll try it. Try to get your combat mode to play it even higher. Next game we are covering this month is Mega Man X, the 1993 uh, second sub-series of the Mega Man series, first SNES game in the Mega Man series, also released in December 1993. Uh, it is Mega Man X. It is the Extreme Mega Man. Not well, they did another, did one called Extreme later, uh, but it is set a hundred years later. And you play as Mega Man X, a robot that Dr. Light created, who he sealed away because he has free will and emotions, and it's too dangerous for now, so he buries them, he buries him in, uh, you know, buries him away for a, a archaeological scientist called Dr. Kane to find, and from X, uh, Dr. Kane creates the Reploids, as uh, free-thinking robots who, uh, they all, they make, they, the society makes them into slaves, uh, so guess what, they all rebel, and now Mega Man X has to go kill them! for rebelling for being slaves and that's the plot of Mega Man X and uh, I know it gets even more wild in the future games as uh, it's all about this stuff in a ridiculous way uh, but that's the, the basic the premise of Mega Man X is uh, these, all of the robot slaves start going rogue and so they're like ah what we need to do is make the ultimate robot cop to hunt them down and not give it free will and they do that, and then that one is also like, no, actually, I'm rebelling. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Magneto now. I'm taking all of the robots to an island, and we're going to murder all the humans there, and we're just going to live there, and you got to deal with that. Um, and then Mega Man X steps up and says, I am the Gundam. No. Uh, <laughs> because it's basically what they're doing. Yeah. Zero steps up and says, I could solve this problem, and then fails to do so. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah, Mega Man X. I, I have a weird experience with Mega Man for a human being in 2020. That is to say, I've played seven Mega Man games, including this one. This is the latest release one I've played. Uh, yeah, because uh, I asked, I way back in the day, we used to do YouTube videos. I'm back doing them again. Uh, check out YouTube.com slash Abnormal Mapping. Uh, check out my Death the Outsider Let's Play. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you did uh, Morning Mega Man. Morning Mario. You did Mega Man after that. Before that? I did Mario first. Okay. And after that, you did Morning Mega Man, where you played all six Mega Man games. Yes. And um, they were pretty chill. I, I, I loved those games. Because uh, yeah. it was when the Legacy Collection came out, so I went through them uh, and played them all. And I think they're fantastic. Um, and I, I really enjoyed them. I, I liked the platforming a lot. Uh, I got very good at doing the thing where there's a square, like, uh, and then it fades out, and then you jump on the next square, 
uh, to get to somewhere in the top of the screen because that happens yeah. about 50 times across those games that's the Mega Man thing yeah that's Mega Man and so Mega Man X uh, comes out uh, in 1993 um, like a month after Mega Man 6 uh, those games developed basically at the same time and is the uh, new transition to the SNES because to make Mega Man on the SNES they've made changes Mega Man is like kind of deals in abstraction and simplicity in a way that uh, is not you know the same way that now every game is like why have you added so many graphics to it Mega Man X is in this lineage for 1993 yeah uh so as a kid I had Mega Man 3 on Game Boy that was the only Mega Man I ever played as like, <laughs> okay. a child that I had any affection for um X came out and um I had friends who were into- I wasn't really into action games as a kid I like platformers and that was be and like kart racing like racing games and that was kind of it um for my childhood um and so i was never super into Mega Man. but when i got into Mega Man, i got in through emulating original nes Mega Man. and so when i got to the point where i'd played all those many of them multiple times and it was like time to play x um i just hated the aesthetic i hate that it's like like very like trying to be blade runner cyberpunk i hate that like all the metal kids came in and were like you know this dance music's gay right and started playing the fucking industrial rock um i hate that they killed all the cute robots to give you these edgy animal bullshit robots um that part just it just really bummed me out i think this game is like I always grew up with a big grudge against this game for being like the epitome of what the nineties did to things I liked, which was like throw gender at them and make them edgier and cooler because they had to sell them to boys. We had demographics now and Mega Man's just like a cute Astro boy with some good dance music. And X is like a dark, you know, in the dark future, he's a cop trying to kill the other robots and he's sad about it. And then the proto men and the megas came and were like, we're putting that back into Mega Man itself. (laughs) Yes. Um, shout out to our friends at Rush Jet Radio talking shout about out. Mega Man. Suffering um, eternally. Uh, yeah. Um, and so it's been, I, I've been very like anti X for a long time. And I, I'd played this game a couple times in like since it came out. And I never really like finished it. And I was like, you know, at some point I need to give this like a real try. And so this is the time I did. And I still don't like all the things I've mentioned about it here. So, um, but the part where, like, you're going through eight stages and fighting bosses, that part's really fucking good. Uh, Mega Man, if it ain't broke. Yeah, uh, well, I don't like the dash. <laughs> I will say that. I think the wall jump is great. I think it's an incredible addition. Needed to be there, um, especially for the kind of levels they're designing, obviously. They're building around it. I think the the air dash is, or the dash is, like, finicky and, like, weird, especially when you're trying to dash and jump. Um that part I don't like, but otherwise, like, there's cool stages. They feel really different than Mega Man stages um, because yes. the sprites are bigger. Uh, they put more enemies into each. Like, it's not like as room based. So you go into areas that are bigger that have a bunch of enemies, but there's only like three of them instead of like the seven hallways in every Mega Man stage. Um, mm. And then you get a boss fight and the boss fights are all like really dynamic and weird. And the bosses have cool like attacks and uh, move faster. And, you know, every boss chamber is like a lot of them are different sized and um, the stages all interact in cool ways, which I think Mega Man had flirted with in the NES games in the later entries. But the part where like, you know, if you if you knock down the airship, uh, then when you go into the other area, the, the lightning like the lighting is going out and it's dark and. Uh, you can put out all the fire in the fire area by beating the the ice guy or whatever. That stuff's all very cool. Yes. Um, 
I, I, I mostly agree. Though I do think the wall jump's not as good as you, you say it is. I, I mean, think it's I just think I just dash. think it's cool. I think it's neat. I think it's I think it's a good way to move. Uh, anytime I can do a straight vertical wall jump, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just think the dash feels satisfying and cool. Uh, whereas the wall jump leads to so it's specifically there's the one bit in uh, the first stage of Sigma's castle where you've got to go up this like wall jump situation uh, going back and forth and there's oh, yeah. things going down that's it's a pain in, in the ass oh my god because if you fall down all the enemies respawn and you can't like jump the, up take yes. them out and then jump oh my god that's a the, nightmare the screen important, the important caveat to all of this is i said those first eight robot masters the mavericks or whatever <laughs> yeah. are incredible the Sigma stages Wily Castle has always been a little bullshit. The Sigma stages just ramp that up in the extreme, and they are just intolerable. Like, clearly they got the memo that on the SNES you have to make the game last longer than four hours, and they did that by making the final stages just impossibly hard. They're really difficult. Uh, They, like, splice in the um, uh, boss rush through the stage rather than putting them in, like, the one room, like in Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, which just means there's so many more like places to lose health on the run. Um, they did change the, the uh, when you beat a stage, um, it gives you a password and you can always uh, go back to that stage. Yeah. So like you don't have to do all stages at the same time and just make it through the game. But uh, it, it is very stressful because like I played this game basically without save states until Sigma's Castle. Yeah. Or Sigma's Fortress, I guess. I, I don't know. It's the Sigma stages. Uh, and it was really, it was real surprisingly like chill. Uh, I basically made it all the way through. Uh, I usually beat the boss. Uh, often with just the Mega Buster, like not really, or the X Buster, I guess it is now. Um, like I usually beat the boss and I didn't have to worry too much. Uh, took me a couple tries sometimes sometimes they had to start again but the stages weren't that long uh the boss fights weren't so they were interesting but not so hard that they were like pushing me away like those first eight stages i just play that just right now it's really easy and really cool um and yeah and then because because the game's designed this way right it can't be like a gradual ramp up yeah because uh, there are definitely some stages that are a bit more tricky than the other ones but you can play any of them at any time and it's fine it's not really a, a problem uh, but they put all the difficulty in those last ones, even when you've got your uh, only take half damage upgrade. Yeah. So, I mean, they also this is also the one where they put in like expanding health and armor upgrade. Like, there's a lot more shit to find, um, which I'm yes. of two minds about. I think I think the way it's distributed through these levels is, is relatively interesting. Uh, I found a lot of stuff without even looking it up. I just was like, you know, I kind of run into the heart tanks are put in like logical places where a secret might be tucked away. Um, the ones I did have to look up sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? No one's ever going to find this. Um, and I worry that like the future of these games, if I play the other ones, which I intend to, because I did buy the big collection is uh, having to increasingly look up arcane bullshit in these games. Right. Yes. Because. Um, like it's clear that you're meant to like uh play through sigma's castle go i'm i'm not strong enough i need to go find the upgrade because that's basically like the the uh, mission that zero gives you is you really need these upgrades to make it through um, yes he literally goes if you find the armor pieces you'll be as cool as me mega man and then flies off <laughs> zero is so fucking lame yes <laughs> 
Uh, I know like the he's biggest... the cool guy um, that people like a lot. Uh, not in this game. In this game, in this game, he's literally like, "Yeah, I'm the super cop. Uh, I've got the big dick." And then in the fi- in the big <laughs> battle where he's supposed to be the guy who like saves the day, he gets captured and then blows himself up. <laughs> Dumb ass. Absolutely yes. pathetic. Bring back Predator Man. Yeah, he was supposed to be the original protagonist. And they're like, "Oh, he's too different. We can't have this like anime boy be the protagonist. We need we need fake Mega Man." I think I'd like these games better if Zero was I'd, if they were less like just Mega Man. Um, yeah, I would rather that just be. I don't know how that uh, the development went down. That would be interesting because I know they eventually like make Zero playable. Yeah, and that at that point he gets a six sword, so that's that's cool. Uh, yeah, like he, he doesn't have very, a sword in this. <laughs> yeah, he's just another. He's just he's just Proto Man. He's just Proto Man. Yes, with the red Mega Man who's comes before because he's called Zero instead of instead he, of a scarf. He, he has long hair. That's the difference. Yeah, but the scarf's way cooler. The scarf is way cooler. I mean, he's got yes, the scarf Proto, and the whistle. Proto Man is like a, one of the most classic video game characters ever. I'm sure it's just a Tezuka riff that I don't know yet, but <laughs> uh, I I assume as well. I mean, I, I was Mega Man is just a Tezuka riff. <laughs> yes, no, I, yeah. Like, uh, Unhamilton Rock is literally just Astro Boy, so I assume that Proto Man is also another character from a Tezuka manga. Absolutely, but I'm not complaining. God, the yeah. scarf's so cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wish this game had is, uh, I, well, going back to the dash, uh, the dash should just be infinite. You should just double tap, and f- like Alucard, you should just be able to glide forever at fast speed. That would break the level of platforming, but then again, there's not that much platform. When this game d- turns to a platformer, it's kind of bad uh, yes. in a way that like the original Mega Man isn't. Like the combat is definitely way better, I would say, um, but the the platforming's a bit weaker because of how imprecise it becomes when you add a dash and a wall jump. Yes, yeah, and it, to its credit, outside of the Sigma levels, it does not ask you to do the kind of platforming that Mega Man's known for. There's no in, there's no invisible blocks. There's no uh, like little cart carts that are going to drop you into a gap. Uh, no, yeah, none of that's none of that's in this game. They know this is now really fully an action game and not an action platformer. Absolutely, yeah, because Mega Man's still kind of a platformer. Yeah, uh, that's but why this I like is it like <laughs> Castlevania is more of a platformer than this. Yes, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And then there's the whole story, which is very funny. Uh, yeah. So Dr. Light builds a robot, his like 50,000th robot, whatever. Um, he made he, all the robot masters. He, I mean, Wiley made some of them, but yes, he made a lot the fir- of them. He made the first ones at least. Yes. And he made, he made rock and roll and blues and yeah, he made all of them. Um, and after all of that, in fact, after his robot children who clean his house and he loves very much, he builds X and goes, this is the one that's a person. <laughs> and because this- of that, I'm afraid of it. So I'm going to lock it away in a, in a diagnostic for 30 years. I'm in my seventies. I don't have to deal with this. This is someone else's problem. <laughs> Single most evil thing anyone in Mega Man's done is building my hundredth robot surrounded by my robot family and going, this one's real. <laughs> like, <laughs> but also, I'm never going to have to deal with the consequences of that. <laughs> Ludicrous. Mega Man's already so... What are you talking about? Like, the game yes. just presents it to you like it's a true thing that you're just meant to take as, like, writ. I was like, I, no, you got to go back because what are you talking about? What Literally, what are you talking about? Everyone in Mega Man has free will. Yeah. Yeah. The Mega Man that come out after this game in the original line are Mega Man is never more of a character than he is in those games. Like he's talking <laughs> in anime cutscenes. 
Yeah, it's not like they then like have to try to make Mega Man seem like a controlled robot or something with programs. Yeah. Uh, he's just Mega Man. He's just the good boy who's going to save the day or whatever. Yeah, it's um, outrageous. And, and, and so, like, everything in this game um, is just Mega Man again. They don't do anything thematically different. Like, all the things, the edgy shit that this game like adds is in the prior games like Mega Man is already a cop killing robots for the people like that's yes. just that's, that's that is already the themes of Mega Man so bringing it to the surface in this kind of obnoxious way just makes it worse yes yeah literally the original Mega Man Dr. Wily and Dr. Light made the robot masters to help people like they're they're for they're like forestry robots and, and firefighting robots like they're they're already the robot slaves that are people Yes. The only difference is that Sigma is a robot and Dr. Wily is not a robot. Yeah, Dr. Wily's like, what if I use these robots for evil instead of, like, for, you know, liberal good in capitalism? And <laughs> so, yes, it's hard to sympathize. Sigma's like, uh, we are slaves and we are going to create a robot <laughs> island where we can be free. And they're like, no, we can't allow that. Sorry. To the point where it's like, okay, the people writing this game do, like, they know. Because the, the game ends and it has, like, a big, like, sad monologue where he's like, did I achieve anything in this battle? I guess I'll keep fighting again, but nothing will change in the world. Like, it, it like buys into the nihilism of all the, like, anime that it's ripping off and all the stories it's ripping yes. off. But without, like, understanding the purpose of it. <laughs> yeah. It just, the ending monologue of this game is literally a, like a Vodums monologue. And if you've never seen Armored Trooper Vodums, uh, it's this, but like smart and like really uh, deeply humanistic and spiritual in ways that surprised me as it went into its wider spin-offs. And Mega Man is none of that. He's just a robot cop. Yeah, he's like, oh, it really sucks being a cop. But I guess this is what I'm going to do is all I can do is is make sure that any more ramp in the next seven games of Mavericks that I blow up those robots real good. And there's also a line about how those who sacrifice will not return. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think Zero is <laughs> coming back. Uh, yeah, I think Zero is going to get more games than you are, X. <laughs> Uh, that's true. That is, that is actually true. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it, wait is Zero still in like Mega Man X Eight and stuff, right? I sh- I, I assume, I assume so. so. But he also has his own series of games, which X does, you know this is X's series. So Zero goes on to be in two whole franchises because he like skips a whole other apocalypse. And this game is not post-apocalypse. I'm told the X Games eventually make them post-apocalypse, but in this game, I, it's just a hundred years I later. I can't tell what is Mega Man lore and what is I read Bob and George in my <laughs> teens and twenties. So. Okay. This game is just the dark side. Of, it's just Blade Runner. It a hundred yes. years have passed and it's become Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, but I, like Mega Man Zero is the kind of post-apocalypse where everything's like growing nature in nature again. Yes. Um, and that's that's kind of all I know. Uh, cyber fairies, not- elves. Cyber I think they're elves. Fa- cyber. They elves. fucking elves. Oh, Mega Man Zero. Is so that's bad. That's even less cool, but in a di- like a whole different direction than X. Yes, because I do actually like this, the like stuff that X is like when it's done well. I'm not against like ridiculous dark sci-fi. Uh, I just think it's kind of hilarious here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the main takeaway from this is like, I guess I'll keep playing these X games because I like this one well enough. Um, yeah. These, I hope these Sigma stages stopping bullshit. I bet they don't. I bet they get worse. <laughs> I bet they get worse for the two SNES games. But when you're on the PlayStation, I'm going to assume that they like because I know they go hard with cutscenes at some point. So yeah. I assume they just want people to finish the games. Yeah. I mean, at some point, this becomes like a multiple playable character. You play the game multiple times. What game, right? Like. 
uh you just heard my brain like get into oh no <laughs> like it just something switched there i didn't realize this was uh that was i mean yeah at one. some point you're like you play the game as x and then you you probably unlock zero by doing something in that game and then you play through a zero and maybe you unlock a third character i don't know maybe where's the vile fandom do you get to play as vile why is he why is why they put boba fett in Mega Man? what the <laughs> fuck are they doing <laughs> what is they definitely act like because because vile is sigma's robot slave and that's like deep <laughs> Well, he's like he's he's a mercenary. He's not his slave. Yes. He's he's literally. Yeah, but he's like working for Sigma. Yeah, but he's just he's just Boba Fett. Literally, Sigma was like these Mavericks are cool, but they're not as cool as hiring a robot. <laughs> I didn't realize that Sigma just hired him. That so yeah. there's, there's actually less going on there than I thought there was. I yep. invented more stuff. No, he's literally just Boba Fett. <laughs> Where? Um, which is ridiculous, given that they play him as such like a badass, and uh, the fight with him is like. <laughs> You just come in and just kind of fuck him up immediately. It's very funny. Especially as like it's like the first boss fight in yes. the Sigma run, so it's not that difficult at all. Which is which is supposed to be like, oh, look how much stronger X has gotten. But because I've just seen too many of these anime and played too many of these video games, it's just like, now it's time for the badass boss fight, and you just wreck him. Even if you don't have the Doken. If you have the Doken, it's even funnier. You just Hadoken him once and he falls over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the Hadoken. I know it was in there. Uh, the, the, the two things about the Hadouken, cause there's a secret unlockable Hadoken move. If you've never played this game that you can get, you have to have all the armor, pe all the armor pieces and upgrades. And then you do this one thing five times in a row. It feels like a fake cheat from the nineties. Um, but you do this one jump five times in a row. And on the fifth time, there's a capsule where there wasn't one before. And inside is Dr. Light, uh, in the hologram mode, but he's wearing Ryu's gi and he's like, I have a special ability for you. And he gives you the Hadoken, which you do by doing a fireball motion and X goes Hadoken. Um, and you can only use it if you have full health, but it does an entire boss's health bar of damage instantly. It'll kill any boss in one hit. Um, busted. Just fucking busted. No, uh, not until uh, Frank West gets the Mega Buster will a thing be so fucking busted again. Yeah. Uh, which is fun, especially if you're like, ah, these bosses are really hard. And they are. Um, but then it becomes a game about managing your health in a way that I don't like out of Mega Man. Because <laughs> you really well, yeah, need that 100% health to use the one move you know how to use. <laughs> it just turns into Zelda 1. You're like, I need yeah. to use I need to use the sword. I need to use the sword. Because I know later Zelda games also have the like full health sword blast. But it does, in Link to the Path, I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah. It leads to a lot of farming enemies for health drops, which is like the worst part of any <gasps> The Mega worst Man part game. of Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> And the because it's no longer room based, the respawning like with the screen, uh, like with the screen panning, I feel is so much more aggressive here. Yeah, like you move forward, and you go. Oh, I've got to go back and get this thing, and then if you've gone the one pixel over the line, uh, everyone will be back. Yep. Uh, in a way that is kind of frustrating, but it's not like a, a problem. It's just uh, a bit a bit strange because I. I was definitely, like, having to farm for uh, more health in the Sigma stages. Yeah. And then died a bunch on the final boss. That's because he's really fucking hard. <laughs> also, does the thing that every every anime does, but, like, I, for some reason I'm especially exhausted here when they do it, is Sigma just pulls out a lightsaber. It's like, time to go. Japan loves lightsabers. More than I've ever loved a lightsaber. <laughs> He does just have a lightsaber. Yep. So, but here's the other thing about final bosses in video games. Now, philosophically, do you, and I know the answer is a variety of both, but just, just pick one now. 
do you put the big the boss that's like the big scary inhuman terrifying form first or do you put the human form first like where do you end do you end on the big scary monster form i mean this is the difference between final fantasy 7 and castlevania right <laughs> right and uh, Mega Man falls on the side of Castlevania, which is fine. I think that's an approach. Um, I think I actually prefer that approach typically. The part where the Sigma's literally like, I'm pulling out a sword and we're going to duel, means that it should go at the end. It should go at the end! It's I- I'm I'm on the side that that's fucking cool. It's cool whenever it happens. It's cool in like I like the other way because I like, I like when Dracula turns to a big beast and you got to fight him. Um, I think that's that works true. less well in these Mega Man ones, whatever. I don't know. Like, fundamentally, Mega Man will never get better than when you fight the giant alien you're like wait dr wiley's an alien it turns out it was a hologram that he was fucking with you the entire time <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> there's no humor like that in this game because he really no. believes in its bullshit yeah like, you are meant to be like yeah maybe this war was pointless at this text scrolls at the end and i yep. go i guess i'd like some more robot masters please thank you yeah um yeah, it's weird. It's such a weird game because tonally I really don't like a lot about it. I've made my piece of the music. Uh, I still think uh, that industrial is a downgrade from dance music. I just fundamentally do. I'm sorry. I'm gay. I like to dance. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, also I, the old enough, I'm old enough to when it, when you play the industrial music and you're like, this is way cooler than the, the dance music. I go, that's homophobic. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's also that the SNES sound chip is bad for this game. Like, it's like the Bumakawanga music is like, what's going on here? I hate the stings in that song. I know some people find them cool, but no, fuck off. It's bad. It sounds bad. Yep, yep. Uh, And then, like, the Mega Man music is just classic, so. Yeah. It's fine. I will play more. I will hopefully enjoy them. Uh, I had a good time with this. Um,. X looks cool when he gets the armor. It's weird that you have to play as like non-armored X. I hope at some point they just get rid of that, but I bet they don't. Um, to just turn this game into an actual Metroidvania. Um, yeah, either go that way or just like they should just make this more of an action. I guess that's eventually what they do, right? They just lean in, and every stage is six minutes long, and you're you get a score, and you, it's time or it's timed, and that's what the indie creates games are, right? Like yes, the yes. pure action expression of this. And I don't like those games that much because I don't like replaying games in that way that they ask you to do. Um, mm. And, you know, I could just play Castlevania if I want the, the, Cas- the you know, the Metroidvania version of this. Abs- I mean, Castlevania was always better than Mega Man. <laughs> yes, it's just <laughs> true. Like, um, I, I really like the Mega Man games, but none of them are Castlevania 3. Yeah. Uh, aesthetically, like, control-wise, lore, everything about it. Um, way better. God castlevania what are we doing talking about mega man where we could be talking about well the thing is the the castlevania we'll be talking about is super castlevania 4 which is a fucking terrible castlevania game the, the snes happened to like everyone it's weird I, because i grew up a nintendo kid really die hard about it i still am kind of weird about nintendo often i just don't like most super nintendo games yeah that's my that's the been the like position i've been coming around to is that i every time i like see a snes game versus like a nes game i think the snes game looks worse 99 percent of the time yeah uh, it's like super mario land uh it's super mario world <laughs> versus mario uh, 3 you're like world's better obviously look at this thing well, it's, it, it's specifically mario uh <laughs> yeah uh i need to play super metroid but like out of the big ones it's like uh mario I think the past is better than Zelda 1. Um, ah, ah, I can go back and forth on that. 
actually that's not Link's a clear awakening kind of is better than all of them so. right yes uh, and then some for some fucking reason final fantasy is incredible in the snes i don't know why it's like uh you know i guess it's entirely uh umatsu being able to understand the snes sound chip better than anyone else yeah um but like i see why rpgs blossom here because like the the only thing it really gives you over the uh ness is like more space and colors to do things with but when it comes to like the ways you can change your design event like side scrolling action game the changes that the snes allows you to do are all like usually gimmicky and shitty and don't add as much and that's why castlevania 4 is worse than castlevania 3 yeah but x is definitely better than that in terms of like the gap between the ness and the snes games yeah for sure i will continue uh the thing i'm most interested in because i i always like like the weird cinematic aspirations of this era of game because they don't go like you know it's it's not like having a big massive cutscene in a Mega Man game that was released today that would annoy me but uh in these games i find it really charming like this like early metal gear era of we're just going to try to pretend we're doing a cinema cinematic thing it's good fun game is wheels of aurelia which is a a visual novel and ostensibly a driving game uh that came out on pc in 2016 um it was developed and published by santa ragione it is eventually came to consoles and switch and ios um and it is a story about a character named Leila in 1978 Italy as she is driving uh, to get away from her problems and to confront who was revealed to be someone who kidnapped her a long time ago. Part of a group that kidnapped her, uh, he was the person who like got her out and she wants to know why and meet up with him and figure out what was going on. Um, and she's going to France to do that and she picks up a girl at a club the night before who's going with her and her name is Olga. Um, and she's going to France because she is pregnant and needs an abortion and you can't get one of those in Italy in 1978. Um, and as you go along, like Outrun, it has branching paths as you drive along into various, uh, cities. It has three legs of the journey instead of the five in Outrun. Um, but in doing the driving, you get a, like, real-time dialogue system where you are answering questions by, or, you know, prompting stuff from people you are in the car with pick up hitchhikers get into races get into trouble uh you can meet a you know a ba- uh, bank thief and you can meet a priest who might have connections to uh the current uh political climate in which uh aldo moro has been kidnapped by a far left terrorist group called the red brigades 
Yes. Uh, and yeah, so he is part of uh, the Italian, or he's a former prime minister, um, and he is the president of the Christian Democracy Group in uh, Italy in this time, um, which is a you know conservative group, and they're part of the, they're like the majority party, and they're part of the reason why uh, there's no abortion in the country or whatever. And uh, they were about to create a deal with the Communist Party, um, which you know is the Italian Communist Party, and. Uh, the Red Brigades don't like this and kidnapped him and eventually killed him um, in history. This is a real thing that happened. Um, and uh, it was a big fucking mess. But it's mostly in the background of this is everyone's like, what's going on tomorrow? Like, oh, what about the terrorists? How do you feel about communism? But not in any ideologically like robust way. It just is background. Yeah. I mean, as with all topics, someone says, uh, well, what do you think about this thing? And then you say something pithy and then they say something pithy and then that's it. And then you move on to the next thing. Yes. Um, but that's kind of how the whole game goes on topics like religion or abortion or feminism, uh, fascists, crime, driving, family, all the things. Tele television. <laughs> yes, television. Um, and yeah, you go, you make your choices. You, you know, Olga can leave the car. You can pick up new people and go on journeys with them, drop them off, get into trouble, win and lose races. Um, and so there's like 16 different endings, a lot of endings. Each playthrough of this game takes about 10 minutes, uh, depending on what ending. Some of them are a little slower, some are a little longer. Um, and you're greatly encouraged to play it multiple times uh, until you get yeah. sick of it. And then there's still more endings because that's too many endings. <laughs> yep. And then all the endings are like, they're all, no, there's no true ending. Uh, yes. They are all divergent and of equal weight. Uh, yes, and they're game. all two text strings. Yes, they're all two two uh, screens of like a background art and a paragraph of text. Yes, and um, diverge wildly in both like outcomes and quality. Yes. So, if you might be like, wow, that's kind of a hostile way of describing some of the aspects of this game. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, it's weird. <laughs> I, I think this is a kind of bad game, but in a way that is interesting and valuable to exist. I'm really happy we played it. I think it's like, I think its ambition is like really good on the face of it. Like, I think what they're trying to do is, is a lot. And with the structure they have, it is like weird and not like, not easy to pull off and i don't think they pull it off perfectly but it's doing a lot more than a lot of games that are in the style that do that offer like the suggestion of divergent content without actually doing it um this is why every adventure game with choice collapses back into the same story because if you make a game with 14 end or 16 endings each playthrough is 10 minutes long <laughs> yep like they they really go into the uh like divergent choices but yes. they don't um and the, it's, it's a weird visual novel design because they don't at any point indicate to you what ending you're going to get or how to get them so you just have to remember what to do and it leads to a lot of uh, hey uh, what do you think about feminism like which is one of the first choices one of the first conversations you have between Olga and Lela and you can start from like some of the later cities uh, but you don't sometimes you always have to go that back is to not that, always that the question though the thing is that you're the thing the things you get prompted seem like they might be slightly random and they're also definitely determined by what car you're driving um yes but i definitely got them like multiple i got like the yes. early questions a lot but but then sometimes like in my very very first playthrough uh i'll ask me like are you in love with gecko and i'm like who the fuck is gecko yeah like yeah, <laughs> completely before i had any of the context about the kidnapping or yep. Uh, which is like, but it wasn't. It didn't play as like 
mystery because that conversation can also play after you get that context. So it yes. doesn't it's, it doesn't play as like this is just meant to be enigmatic, slowly figuring out the backstory. Um, it's it's weird. It it is a mess because of the way they've chosen to make it in such a ludicrously ambitious way. Yes. Um, but uh, like I say, uh, there are other games that do this and then uh, don't commit or and also aren't exactly better written either. So no. Like, more coherently written, for sure. But that doesn't make a game better, right? <laughs> no. God, no. That's not what we care about. Yeah. Um, and so, it's a weird talking about this, because, like... So, there's the driving aspect, where you're driving a car while you talk. You're choosing dialogue selections on, like, a timer, like a, like a Telltale game. But you are driving a car by, like, there's a throttle up, throttle down. And, like, left and right as you're weaving around traffic and choosing paths. And that part is dog shit. <laughs> it controls so bad this is a this is this is a visual novel that happens to have a driving aspect and it's fine it's like i'm like this is not fun but it's serviceable and then they ask you to like win races to get certain endings and that part's intolerable yeah i was like god this is this is bad i sure hope they don't have me like do any serious driving and then you like immediately i had to uh chase a car like race a car to the next city yeah and then chase a different car and it's like oh god uh all of the driving stuff is terrible um yeah in a way that's like really funny to me because there's like you can sort the reaction to this game by what level of interest they have in video games right because i assume there's just a very normal gamer reaction which is this game controls like shit uh and i'm just hearing the same things over and over again therefore it's bad like not even engaging with what it's doing yeah um, and you know, I would gen- I would prefer if it was just a visual novel, and I didn't have to control it because that controlling part is like detrimental to getting progress and playing all this like stuff, right? Like seeing yeah, because- all the content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's not so. Like uh, I was thinking of Glitch Hikers, which is another game with a similar premise. Um purely in like mechanic that's yes, also that is, very funny that is a like, visual novel about driving it, it is also like 15 minutes but you only have to play it once <laughs> yeah uh it's a visual novel about driving and you pick uh hitchhikers up and they're way more surreal in that game and you have a short conversation with uh dialogue choices uh, but like the tone and mood of driving like are crucial to like if the game was just the conversations it wouldn't be as good uh, and Wills of the Rally goes the other way, whereas the uh, the songs on the radio are good, and it's not like bad to look at, but it do- you just don't get the like sense of atmosphere. Like once you've played it like twice, you're like, okay, yeah, it's fine. I just want to see the new the new text, please. Yes. Yeah, it, it it needs the visual novel thing where if in a multipath visual novel, you hit the button, it's like skip text I've seen before, and so entire like you know thousands of words will fly at you at high speed <laughs> god that is that is so satisfying in every visual novel yes yeah and the lack of that is definitely strange in this game and it i understand the reason it doesn't have it is because without it the feature runs would like go from 10 minutes to three yeah <laughs> um because there's some that are like the same run but like a different choice exactly at the like last line yes uh and uh so the structure's strange yeah but, um and that stuff that stuff is a mess it's a, you know it's a small game with big ambitions and sometimes that stuff is messy and that, that's fine oh, you know i feel like we've covered that the Absolutely. story though <laughs> okay let's get into it so this is a game clearly about like examining the attitudes in a moment in history more than it is about like telling you a story um 
Lella's never going to France. Like you, she gets to France at half the endings or whatever, but you're never going to France. You're never going to see the actual outcome of meeting Gecko other than what the like an ending might tell you. A lot of the times she doesn't even meet with him. Um, sometimes it goes bad. Sometimes it goes well, whatever. None of that matters. It's like clearly about like, you know, in like that, you know, crunchy mid-century neorealist way of like, it's about the characters existing in this existential situation and not about like where they're going or where they end up. Um, and the endings really reinforce that by giving you the broad spectrum of possibility that is all over the place. Um, the thing is, by being about specifically like the two big thrusts here are uh, Olga's abortion and the uh, Moro, uh, you know, kidnapping, which is tied up in like Lela might be communist or whatever. Or no, it's Olga's family's communist, right? Olga's family is communist. Yes. Lela is like the uh, daughter of a rich and powerful man, which is why she's yes. kidnapped. Yes. Um, and I mean, Lela does like become not communist, but she's like works for like revolutionary groups in some of the endings. Yes. Uh, um, but it, it becomes about those two, like your, the players' attitudes and how they're going to express their feelings on those two things. But A, for most players, especially like West, like American player like me or British player like Jackson and the aughts, we don't know a fucking thing about this stuff. <laughs> I had to yeah, look my, this up. I was like, who is Moro? <laughs> yeah, my reaction was, man, I don't read enough books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, we need to go is, read some history books. Which is fine. We'll, we'll wrap back around to that because I think that, that that stuff's interesting on its own and useful. But also, like, it, it puts, like, your opinions on this historical event up against, like, what are your thoughts about abortion as, like, equivalent things? And the game, off because of the way it expresses itself through player choice and asks you to get 16 endings, kind of want, like pushes a narrative of everyone's got their own opinion, man, and who can tell what truth is. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty clear about like my feelings on communism and abortion. I'm I'm pretty. I don't need to worry about that as a person yes. myself playing this game. Um, and it's fine to play Lala as like someone who like there's a lot of the choices for Layla, especially when it comes up to the abortion stuff is like she's kind of conservative because of her upbringing, and she's like a cool, tough, like maybe feminist chick, but she's really squicked out of the idea of abortions and that's how people are people are contrasts like you know conflicted and don't agree with themselves and hypocritical all the time in interesting ways and i think Layla, in particular is like an interesting character in this game in most of the past you would take um absolutely but uh the ways in which that expresses itself in the game don't necessarily allow you to really push that role of like playing that character because they are so about the divergent choices right yeah so like the first time i play it uh, I get, uh, I think my first ending was, uh, it was one where uh, she got to a hospital and had, uh, uh, like, uh, anemia and, yes. uh, the, like they had to leave each other. Um, and that one, like the core of Lala's character was like, uh, you know, tough talking, cool feminist lady, uh, who is secretly like a super conservative because she hasn't like actually examined the, these ideas beyond like the moment to moment like needs of her life yeah um i was like that's a cool call for a character but then there you go to another ending and it's actually about how she's like desperate to be a racer and doesn't know how to do that uh and is like uh torn between um different uh ways of expressing being a racer or like do i want to become like a uh, bank robber with this bank robber racer guy and it's like so the the cores of the characters are so different between them that i feel like and it never dives super deep into any of the ideas 
Yeah. A quarter of the like endings are about you dumping Olga and picking up this guy who used to be a car, uh, race car driver and he was really famous and now he's retired and he robs banks for the thrill of the chase or whatever. And he ends up being like a mentor to Layla and most of the endings about him and all that stuff is awful. <laughs> it's really bad. It's so hokey. It's really hokey. It doesn't really examine the part where Layla's like, was chasing a father figure and then found this one and uh, like is this better is this like a good thing is this like her just like filling a void in her life like that stuff's on the table but never picked up by any of those endings right and there's also like weird tension between the guys they're like uh is he like kind of got a crush on Leia or so and the game like very kind of like respectfully says no but it doesn't like engage with the fact that that's kind of in the air right it doesn't like yeah. talk about the weird tension of this guy running away with this 21 year old girl who's also running yeah. away like when you first pick him up a lot of the a lot of the stuff around their interactions is him like hitting on her early and like like the way in which passively culture allows old men to hit on women right yes um, but and then the all the endings are like he's key. like yeah he's like her dad and crew chief like you know and then literally one of them is about how they were good friends forever but she was always pissed off by how he kept calling her sweetheart all the time yes but then it like turns around how then like she would also like as an old person like uh, show up the young people's irritation with her mores. And I was like, that's not the message I was getting from that. That's really not the direction I expected that one to go. Yeah. Um, there's another ending, which is, I think, is one of the funniest endings of a game in history, uh, which is, as you go through, it's, it's a 50 minute game, and it ends at like a point with the with the bank robberies, like all the other, like a bunch of other endings. Nothing particularly wild happens. She's like, uh, goes, ends up going to prison. It's like, and uh, then in, then she immediately got into heroin. It's like, <laughs> excuse me? Yes. What are you talking about? Yep. Uh, so yeah, that, that whole branch uh, is uh, bad. Yep. Yeah, it is, it is inconsistent in weird ways. Like, there's a lot of stuff early on. Like, the way that Olga is introduced in the, like, prelude of the game is, you know, Layla's out cruising, picks up Olga. I don't, does that mean that they're, like, you know, do they sleep together? Are they, like, dating? Is this what this is about? And the game never really addressed that. Some of the time, they end up raising a kid together after she decides not to get an abortion. And, <laughs> like, they're like, oh, we're going to move to France and be a couple. And it works for a little while until it doesn't. And, like, but then the rest of the time that doesn't happen and none of it is about them talking through a relationship it's just like some endings they end up like a weird two mom situation sometimes they just end up drifting apart um yeah uh, uh olga is definitely straight uh, yeah there is there also, is one line where she's like you're not my type stuff, and it's like yes there's stuff in the game that definitely like contrasts with that right <laughs> uh that's what i initially thought but like the way the pits where she's like, you're not my type and we're going to do this, the screw men, it just feels like a, then they're good friends. Like it just honestly yes. thinks like it's doing a they're good friends against the world thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but the ending they give is definitely, you know, these women go off and become lesbians for a little while. And Layla is just like that. But maybe Olga at some point is like, no, I'm not anymore. And that sucks. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. Because it's not earned. It's not explored through like the actual part where you play the video game. Um, no. And so this comes into, like, why... I, I hope people are getting a picture of why we think this game is, like, worthwhile, despite basically finding most of it pretty bad. Uh, because I think there's something brave about making a game that is basically 16 different vignettes about society. Because uh, you're not basically... Not even, like, modern society. Like, a weird historical... Maybe, right. Like, in probably important to the parents of the person writing this game society right but you're basically being given 16 chances to like call the creators wrong 
Yes. Like, which we are doing right now. Um, <laughs> but that's ludicrous in a way that, like, we just talked about Halo 2. That game is a fucking shooter. It gives you nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing to disagree with on that visceral level. Um, yeah. And so there is something, like, cool about the fact that it's just willing to do this. Um, I mean, we talked about this in our Disco Elysium episode. Like, sometimes all you want is for a game like to actually argue with, to have the stuff there that I can argue back. Yes. And in a way, like, a lot of our re- response to Disco Elysium was me going, like, I could just read a book if I want this thing in particular, because it's so individually focused on the narrative of a cop trying to redeem himself in this world that's kind of fallen apart, right? There's yes. no there's no alternate story there. There's no other path, because it's a giant yeah. RPG with, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of words of text. This is like the thing games can do, uh, yes. where where you're going to play this for four hours and get 16 different endings and none of them connect to each other. And uh, it is like brave in, even in the ways in which it falls down because it's doing something. It's like interesting about it. <laughs> I think yeah. I, the I game mean, I was thinking of mostly was Kentucky Road Zero, which is like seven years and incredibly like evocative written thing that reduces down to like a single ending where everyone shrugs and goes, I don't know, it's hard out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also it's like fucking 30 hours long but eventually 20 hours long i guess by the end of it all um, and, and loses the politics it was about when it started because it was developed over such a long time right trying right. to live up to its own height and this does not have that problem it is just uh a, some branching discussions about a very specific era and political context yeah uh, and you, you might have to, like, look them up, and you might not agree with the, the characters or the endings or, like, anything. But in this, you see a vision of, like, this is a this is a narrative and a thematic thing games can do that you're not going to get out of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you might get it out of, like, like a film, like, especially of the era that it's pulling from here. Um, but, like, you don't read books for this kind of exploration. You, you can, but, like, it's rarer. Yeah. You, it like, needs you're reading to be short like a- story collections, right? Right, yeah. Or, like, I haven't read... I've watched the show, but, like, you know, it gets into stuff like The Time of Galaxy, right? Of, like, time-loopy bullshit stories. Yeah. Uh, which is a genre, but a much more niche genre than a story about a detective being sad. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, every other book. Yeah. Um, And so I end up, like... I don't... I didn't really like this game very much, but I think it's, like, not only, like really interesting and worthwhile but points to a thing i need i want more out of games and makes me want to explore smaller games to find it more because you're not going to get this out of a big game the the means of those productions do not allow for this space no uh even even when we expand like big game to mean like indie games as people think of them right like you got to go to itch to get this shit absolutely like this Um, is this is the big one yeah um and so this makes me just want to play a lot more itch games which i we might try to do <laughs> we'll try to do that yeah um in the future not next month uh we're busy next month and we have a guest probably but um look for this space uh um yep. but yeah no it, like my reaction is like man this one's this, i don't i don't like this game i respect it a lot and this is this is the only way in which video games will ever be worth anything is games like this <laughs> Yep, I need a thousand bad games like this. Like yes. if, the, if this was the norm of what a bad game looked like. I, I not only need a thousand bad games like this, I need everyone to play and talk about a thousand bad games like this. Yes. 
and not like does the last of us 2 whatever <laughs> yeah so much of so much of the exhaustion with modern games is that you get people discoursing around the like two percent difference between various loot shooters and open world games right like <laughs> The, people aren't iterating on these ideas. These ideas end up their own dead ends because they're obscure. Um, mm-hmm. There's no historical memory. There's no conversation about stuff that's happening on the fringes. Everyone is focused on what God of War 2 is bringing to the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, new consoles. Uh, which is why, like, I played this game. And I'm like, man, we need to cover more itch games. Uh, we have to. Like, it's our job to do this if no one else is going to do this. And we there are just people fucking... out there, but I don't know who they are because the people who were doing this when we got into games, they're all gone. <laughs> uh, so a very fun part of this, um, uh, of this game, was going to uh, the uh, Glitch Hikers itch page. <laughs> yes. Uh, just out of curiosity. And, like, the, the, cro- the, 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 ah, the quotes are kill screen indie static and technology tell oh god (laughs) and i'm like that game wasn't that long ago uh and those are three dead 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 sites yes in so many ways yeah and uh so yeah it's just it's not just us but in our circle in the at least the people we know it is just us we need to uh, connect with more people i guess and also do it ourselves Yes. Play more edge games, spread the word. Because, yep. like, fundamentally at this point, like, my interest in, like, indie games and the way people think about them, like, stuff that's going to show up on most, like, you know, end-of-year lists, it's not, it's just not high. Like, you know, I think Celeste is fine, but I have nothing to say about it. What are we going to bring to that conversation? It's the games like this that are, like, in, inspire me to say something about stuff. I need games to, like, disagree with in a way that is real. Yes. <laughs> and agree with. Like, I need, yeah. uh, like things about the world uh because like that's what makes this hard right is that even in smaller games a lot of the like trends are towards like immediate mechanical satisfaction yeah um and uh even the more like satisfaction might be the wrong word but just like spatial or mechanical um in modes of engagement the idea of having like and this game's about politics but like actually uh is rare even in these spaces but we'll seek them out we'll find them yeah we'll, we'll do our best i guess we'll, do our we'll best. see how that goes we'll, we'll try um so yeah that that was my feelings on uh wheels of aurelia which were stronger than i ever thought they would be while playing it but today i was looking this stuff up and like reading on the history and thinking about my response to this game I'm like wait a second this is exactly what i asked games to be just because i didn't like it in fact sometimes especially because i didn't like it like right. it's exciting i i have strong opinions that doesn't happen with most video games anymore <laughs> i have like opinions about the weird ending where the like leftist terror shows up and I'm like, I don't know about the way this has gone, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... I think I think all the stuff with the uh, with the preacher is really hokey. And if you're going to so write about hokey. religion, you need to like be aware of what religious people think because this is <laughs> this is a Ooh. this is not this is larger than video games problem. But every dialogue that comes out of priest's mouth is written by someone who threw away an idea of religion a long time ago, and it's fine. The- it's fine. The You're ending valid, where don't do that. Where, <laughs> the ending that I think of is the one where her, the priest, and the like other guy all get out at the airport, <laughs> yes. and it's just like a just like a cartoon of yes. like ludicrous. It's like a Simpsons parody of Italian movies or something. Like it's ridiculous. Yes. Um. 
anyway, <laughs> we have gone on at length. Um, this this we is have. a game we're playing. It's usually it's very often on sale, like on Switch or PC, for like three dollars. It's worth three dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, there you go. We're gonna have another short break, and we'll be back with some questions. We have emails. Uh, if you'd like to send us emails, you can do that at podcast at abnormalmapping.com. I would prefer that you send us emails anytime you think of a question that you would like us to answer. If you're just idly thinking, what does abnormal mapping think about Mario World 2, uh, Yoshi's Island? Send us an email. I'll tell you. It's pretty good. Some, some reps. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's I think the weird debate that Jeff Gerstmann has caused around that game is terrible and he should be ashamed of himself. What is the debate that he's caused? Well, his is, whole thing is, is that he hates Mario Yoshi game? and he thinks that it's not a real Mario game, and I think that caring about this is stupid. I, I mean, it's it's a different. I don't care. What? Okay, yeah. I yeah. mean, I have heard this debate, but I also yeah. don't care. The problem is that every fourteen-year-old who listened to Jeff Grissom for ten years just parrots his opinions. So we get a bunch of kids who think Yoshi's Island is a bad game, and they're all fucking wrong. <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah, I, I guess I you don't have to, I guess you don't have to email in about Yoshi's Island, but anything else, uh, <laughs> we love emails. Please, please email, please email us about this. Spends two minutes considering an imaginary email and getting so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get good asides like that if you send us emails. Anyway, we have a bunch of emails. We've been stocking up a couple because we've had a couple episodes that were not appropriate for them. Uh, would you like to start? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, we have an email from. Uh, Richard about um, Halo uh, says when I first played Halo I was like 13 video games are still magical I distinctly remember playing Halo the level where you're driving around the marine camps feeling like the map was huge if I could just find the right path I would drive my way out into the real Halo and keep driving forever and explore the whole ring do you have do either of you have memories from the times before you realized the limits of video games when I felt like anything was possible so the thing I think about actually with this is uh, the N64 version of San Francisco Rush, uh, which is an arcade game that nobody really needs to remember. But I played a lot of the 64 version in particular. And there's a cheat that you could put in because it's a normally like a checkpoint game where you have a timer and you have to make sure you get to the next point or whatever. But for the home console release, there's a cheat you could put in that would disable the timer and they just modeled the world. So you could just drive off the roads and cruise around the geometry and they hid things in the geometry. There's like an entire stunt course that you can only get by putting in this cheat and going to a place. Um, and that was incredible. And I, I love that stuff. Um, I, I think of this as like an early 3D game thing, particularly like I think about the dam and Goldeneye that everyone forever was trying to like game shark their way to this little island that you could see at the far side of the dam. Um, and now you can just do that with an emulator and people have seen it and they know what's there, but that's it that's early 3d games to me are the ones where it feels limitless because if you broke the game it was limitless yes 
Uh, I was a little too late for that era of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I still remember like feeling that playing games. I remember the first open world racing game I played just felt wild to me. Uh, it's not like a good game. It is, in fact, Midtown Madness 3. <laughs> a game no one remembers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I know specifics, but yes, absolutely that is how. Like, yep. I remember going back to Lego Island 2 when I was, like, 16 or something, and that game felt massive when I played it as a kid, and it's, it's the tiniest nothing game. Uh, and then one more question. Um, for a while, I was deeply involved uh, with the Halo custom edition scene around the PC port. Uh, have either of you spent any time in a community, gaming or otherwise, around a specific piece of media? Um, I was intensely and briefly really into the AOL boards discussions around Lord of the Rings from 2000 to 2003. Yes! Incredible. Um, That's how I spent high school, getting really into Tolkien um, and arguing about whether Legolas was blonde or had dark hair. He has dark hair, please. (laughs) It says so. It literally says so. It literally says so. I don't, I used to, I used to be able to cite you the page number when I was a teenager. I couldn't do that anymore. Um, But that's who I was. That's how I spent my time. I guess at this point, we're like a major portion of the Western Gundam fandom for a lot of people, which is weird. <laughs> on, on, on an average day, if you asked me if I like Gundam, I wouldn't have a good answer for you. <laughs> um, it's fine. I like the robots. I like building models a lot. <laughs> the music's pretty good. When I'm watching Gundam, I'll probably say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm thinking about Gundam, I'm like, man, Gundam's pretty good. But that's, that's an good. aggregate in the past yep. <laughs> right but we are i guess that is us to say like you know not the, that that like not huge but western anime fandom is not that big ggp yep. is not insignificant yeah and and structured enclaves of gundam fandom in particular are not a thing that really exists much no like there's way more people that like watch gundam and have opinions about it but like as a space to hang out and talk about gundam we're one of the ones yep so that's weird to be true it's fucking weird. We we thought about being that for Star Trek for a little while, then Star Trek was nope. so bad we had to stop. Oh, it got so bad. Never, never again. Yep. Uh, I guess I hung out on the like Iberian Warrior Ninja Gaiden forums for a while. That was me. Ooh, okay. People doing their uh, nim- uh their uh, like karma runs and their like uh, no damage runs. Great. I was I was there when NG2 came out. I remember doing my karma run for the demo and submitting my score and being like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. We have a question from Sam that I could have sworn we answered this one, but maybe we didn't. I didn't delete it. Maybe I didn't clean up the inbox well enough. We didn't uh, answer this one. Okay. Um, my question is, why is Bayonetta so good? Somewhat facetious. There are a lot of good things about Bayonetta, but I'm specifically focused on the combat compared to other Platinum titles. Near Automata, Vanquish, DMC games all have deep, combo-focused gameplay and use similar formulas. So what is it that makes Bayonetta replayable something I want to master? Uh, there's similar games like the fact I can't imagine spending another second playing Vanquish, despite it being the best first-feeling third-person shooter character. No, that's just wrong, but I, you know what? Have your opinion. Uh, managed to conjure that same allure uh, so yeah why is Bayonetta so good um, well uh, it's easier to answer this in comparison to the uh, Platinum games less I, less Dove May Cry because I haven't played uh, 5 and I know who will say that's so the best here's combat. the thing I, I love Bayonetta Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2 I like 2 more than 1 but I think both are really good games um, I like Dove May Cry we covered Dove May Cry 1 and 2 and 3 no we, we didn't cover one 2 three. we covered DMC and 1 and 3 and they're they're good in like a very specific different way. I really like Devil May Cry One specifically, 
Yes. Uh, I haven't finished Devil May Cry 4, but when I loaded up Devil May Cry 4, I was like, oh shit, this feels like Bayonetta in like a very yes. particular way. And a lot of this, I think, has to come from the era in which Bayonetta existed in. Bayonetta mm-hmm. is like at this great intersection of being desperate for Japanese games and Japanese games just figuring out how to not be awful on these consoles that like is perfect. <laughs> DMC4 and Bayonetta 1 both have the, like, peak of, oh, this is some, like, Japanese engine bullshit. Yeah, but As in a way like, too the, shiny. Game still, the, the game still runs incredibly well yes. unless you play the video game. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I, and, but, like, in comparison to the Platinum games, the answer is that the other Platinum games are often cheaper spin-offs based on Bayonetta and putting a gimmick in there. Yes. Like, the Nier Automata combat has taken the Bayonetta combat, remixed it, like, taken away all of its combo intricacies, because they don't have that long to make it, and added in a bunch of, like, gimmicks. And uh, Also, it's in an RPG that you're expected to play for 35 hours. <laughs> right. So, it can't just be about, like, the way you're damage. Like, there's damage scaling in that game based on levels, and that kind of dictates how you do things. So the combat's bad. Uh, it is not a good action RPG in that sense. It, I, I think Platinum are a really bad fit for that style of game. I also, Shame that's I, all they make. Like, I, know, I know Jackson doesn't agree because they like Kingdom Hearts, but I fundamentally think action games and RPGs to stay the fuck away from each other. Um, Kingdom Hearts is so fucking good. I do, I, Kingdom Hearts won me over action RPGs, but uh, only because it's like a weird square thing that it feels like they've never played a real action game. They've just kind of bolted these on from their own games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, bolting on RPG mechanics to a platinum game, I think, is fundamentally a disaster. Uh and unfortunately, all their games now have either RPG mechanics or insufferable loot mechanics, or usually both. You yeah. played some Astral Chain. That game seemed okay, but that that game's weird because it's on a Switch. the 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 combat is really simplified. It mostly kind of plays itself while you direct the little robot, like or the demon, to do stuff for you. Like mm-hmm. that is a game about like pet training more than it is That's about true. like pulling out sick combos. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Bayonetta is just good. I, I don't have like a good coherent answer as to why it's so special, uh, but I do think it's a fantastic series. Bayonetta. I mean, a cool also, character. also, which time is better than pretty much any other like dodge boost mechanic that exists in a game? It's true. It's so satisfying. Yep. Love that Bayonetta. Also, the the escalation on uh, combos from weapon to like weapon plus wicked weave to full on wicked weave is like really good. It, mm-hmm. The escalation is better than a lot of games, which just do a sick combo, but you're still swinging the same sword. The bit where Bayonetta always ends with a giant fist or foot coming out of a portal <laughs> from hell, hard to compete with. It really is. Yeah, uh, the aesthetics day- are, the aesthetics are really strong. You know, you can't deny when aesthetics are good. One day I will play Devil May Cry 5, and I believe everyone when they say it's incorrect. Like, I don't know whether I'll agree to the extent of, like, you know, actually loving it, but I, I don't doubt people when they say this game's, like, the best game ever in the way that I have that opinion, have that reaction to some effusive praise. But I do think every time I look at it, how can that be true? It looks like that! Because um, yep. I think the aesthetic of DMC5 is really bad. I I just want to go back to 2008 era uh, Japanese games and I know it's a bad time because they were all terrible like disasters of development the ones that did make it out uh, but I do I do like that MGS4 ass plastic faces yep uh, what do we have next what's the next question next question is, is this one from this... Zach yes all right. 
I've never played a JRPG despite playing games a lot and enjoying a wide variety of genres, uh, mostly because of the anime tropes and grinding. Well, got bad news for you, but uh, <laughs> what, would, what would be the one JRPG you would recommend out of all of them to play, and does that differ from what is personally your favorite? You've probably been asked this before, but there is no abnormal mapping FAQ. That's true. We don't have an FAQ. I don't think we've been asked this before either. Like, specifically, the thing is, if you don't like anime tropes and you don't like grinding, I don't know why you want to play a JRPG. Uh, yes, absolutely. That is kind of all there is. <laughs> um, that's and, just the uh, you can get less or more tropes, but I don't. I don't know if you mean. I don't. I don't know if you mean you're really put off by like booby anime girls, or you hate plucky protagonists. Like there's a there's a <laughs> variety of anime tropes. Because right. the answer I'm going to give you is a game that a lot of people hate because of its tropes, and that's Final Fantasy X. <laughs> that's true. I wasn't going to say Final Fantasy X. I assumed that the voice acting would be too anime annoying. I was going to say like Final Fantasy IV or something, like where it's and it, that does but have I mean, more Final grinding. Final Fantasy IV is way too much grinding, is the thing. Ah, God, that these are the two. They they are diametrically opposed. Yes. These two requirements. I think I think it is easier if you listen to abnormal mapping. On some level, you must like something about anime because we cover too much of it. <laughs> we um, cover too much of it. It's true. So I think you probably have a better time with some anime stuff that is like not super like leery. And honestly, JRPGs are not the worst offenders about this unless you're playing like Nep Nep or some shit. Um, and so I would say get an anime game that uh, it has like people who like it and has a fan base that has a good leveling arc. And I think Final Fantasy X is like one of the best one of those. The voice acting is stilted because of the way they built that game, but um, it's worth playing. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's like always it, thematically dense. It does, it, it like has tropes, I guess, but it, it's not like, and now it's time for five hours of the Persona Beach scene. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a way you can get uh, in some of the newer games. Yes. Yeah, you never you never go spy on anyone in a bathhouse in Final Fantasy X, so. Uh, alternative answer uh, is Earthbound. Yeah, Earthbound's way gr- more grindy heavy, but specifically it because- grindy heavy. Yes, it is. Uh, but because Earthbound is about, you know, uh, Itoi trying to write a story about nostalgia for an America he never lived in, it avoids a lot of anime stuff. <laughs> yes. It's also uh, incredible. But you're going to grind in that game. Uh, so, yeah, between Final Fantasy X and Earthbound, those are the ones. But, like, the other thing is, like, if you've never played them, I don't know if you can say you don't like the anime tropes or grinding, because... Uh, well, the anime tropes maybe, but the grinding is not the same thing as like grinding in the like, games where you don't want to grind. Yeah. Uh, like JRPG grinding in good games is like satisfying from the uh, like feeling of it. As it is. You, a, it you is a thing you do for twenty score. minutes while you watch YouTube, and then you're ready to go for the next dungeon. It's good. It's f- it's fun to watch yourself get more powerful in a good JRPG. <laughs> It's not like I'm trying to think of a. I haven't played enough modern games to like have a good pull, but it's not like an Assassin's Creed or whatever, where you've got you want to do the next main mission, but you have to do ten side quests before you can get there. Uh, like good JRPGs make that way more bearable than like grinding in modern big games. Yeah. Uh, so I so I would say yeah. So Final Fantasy X or Earthbound, I guess. But really, the answer is don't think too hard. Look at one that looks interesting to you and just try it without worrying too much. We've uh, definitely answered. answered this Rick question, so. We've definitely answered this Rick yeah. question. So, we go up to Santa's question. Uh, you're bitten by a radioactive car. What car superpower do you have now? And then a picture of Lightning McQueen. Thank you, Asanto. <laughs> well, I can go fast. Um, That's fair. It's a good one. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I don't know what else. Like, What are, what are car superpowers? <laughs> Going fast. Like, you can um, put out fires. 
you can be a cop. Like, what are the like genres of car beyond just it transports people at uh, speed? You could you get all your parts replaced easily. That's nice. You can't do that with people. Yeah. If, if, if a part of you breaks on a person, it's like a big fucking deal. You can't just go get a new transmission for people. But what if you were like faulty and they didn't make parts for you? Somebody should make a movie about that. They did, and you know what they did? <laughs> they fabbed new parts. It was easy. <laughs> they, did, they did just get new parts. <laughs> oh, fucking cars. Molly, I'm still mad. Why did I watch all this? Um, we have a question from a- uh, Alex here. Um, three games about going fast, huh? Well, okay, Mega Man X isn't really about that unless you want to. Uh, first, I want to admit I've never beaten Sigma. Can't do it. Get to phase two, but doing that takes all my resources. Uh, fun, it's, but definitely phase not my two favorite. is unreasonable. Definitely not my favorite Mega Man because I prefer Legends more. I haven't played Legends, but I feel like if Legends is your favorite Mega Man, you might just not like Mega Man that much. Legends is the like PS one one, right? The like yeah, 3D... it's, it's like it's like a yeah, it's like a Ocarina of it's like a story based like exploration RPG. Well, Me- Mega Man Legend three coming anytime now. Yeah. I will say that the X Games being about how much of a cop X and Zero are and how the system they're supporting is only giving rise to Mavericks. It's good. Yes, it's good. Um, watching that little OVA that happens for the first game, I don't know what this is. It's called Day of Sigma. It was released with the remake Maverick Hunter in 2006 or something. Okay, I need to check that out. Um, really, the least interesting part of the X Games is the fact there's an actual Maverick virus. Is this true? That's wild. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't read this one because I was like, oh, these are all spoiler stuff. So I, I didn't, uh, I don't know. Uh, I do like Wheels of Rally being a visual novel. It's a driving game. The way this game is about big dreams and sudden realities is interesting. I guess we shall never get to France. It's true. No France for us. France. Yeah. Outrun 2006. Really enjoyed this game. Uh, it's just about going fast and drifting. There are some stages which I really hate, like Athens or New York, that are really difficult drift, drift sections one after another. I was also supposed to be grinding cars in this game. I bought some, but used the starting two cars in the Outrun version before having to switch to the later cars midway through the professional circuit. Yeah, the part where the cars, like, all have upgraded versions that are, like, higher speed, less handling is, like, very uninteresting to me. I just want a selection of cars that I can just use. Yes. You should you should let me use any car. It's just an aesthetic, and then I should just have a slider that's like top speed versus handling, and I should just be able to pick that. There are and games the slider that are should like have this. slider should have two spots on it. <laughs> top speed. I would, or say, I would say like five, but yes, sure, fair enough. It's outrun two slots. Questions: Favorite or least favorite Mega Man boss design? It can be from any game. Oh, I don't remember the Road Masters from the first ones well enough. Um... I like Sheep Man. Sheepman's good. The designs in 9 and 10 are really good, given the fact that those games are not great. Um, <laughs> I've always liked Charge Man with his little choo-choo engine. Like That's a good guy. That's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Those are the two I think of. Uh, yeah. You don't have any? Can't think of a single Mega Man boss? I literally don't remember. I do not remember what the boss is. Ask like. Jackson a question about anything, and they will be like, I've well, never no, experienced media in my no, life. This, is, this, is, this isn't even that. Like I do remember playing them, but like the boss designs are not things that stuck with me. The big dragon uh, is fucking dope. The red devil's dope, but a pain in the ass. I do think from this game, I fucking hate uh, Spark Mandrill. <laughs> Bad design. Big, like, hulking design. Uh, no, I, really like, I really like Flame Mammoth where you can cut off his trunk. I think that's sick. <laughs> yes. I did cut off, like, the octopus's tentacles. Yes. Can you tell these outrun cars apart? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It sucks that it, it matters. Matter. Yep. Would you take Flagman on a heart attack mode date? Absolutely. Flagman, hang on. He's the guy who he's the guy in the thing in the campaign, the farmer guy. Oh, that's not a Mega Man boss. 
No. <laughs> it's like, which guy's flag, man? In? <laughs> oh, the flag guy. Yeah, of course. Well, yes, no, that guy. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crossing the streams a bit there. Yes. Um, <laughs> to cross streams further, Flagman is absolutely that farmer you pick up in Wheels of Relia where she's like really condescending to him, and he's like, "Look, yeah. I know what a fucking fascist is. I hate him." <laughs> she's so condescending to that guy. <laughs> um, do you have moments from Wheels of Relia that really stood out to you on any of the past? That's one, definitely for sure. That's one. Um, the the bit where uh, Olgus, the one where Olgus sells uh, Layla out. And then she dies. And then Olga feels guilty about it for the rest of her life. It's really funny. <laughs> she's like, oh, I, I, she, she gets depressed and it ruins her life. And so she's going back home on a train. But then that train blows up in like a terrorist attack. And then Olga sees Layla's name on the list of the dead. And it like haunts her forever. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, what is your favorite outrun stage? Uh, it's the city. It's Metropolis. I think mine is either um, Starry Night one or specifically the really foggy mountains. I love the way the foggy mountains are excellent. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was our final question. Again, podcast at mineralmapping.com. Send me questions about anything. We'll answer them. Yeah. I love bullshitting about video games in the context of doing a normal mapping once a month. Please give us more opportunity to do so. That'd be fantastic. Send us some questions about any games. I'd love it. Yeah, if we don't answer your question, a lot of these came in quite some time ago. We just we'll find an episode where it makes sense to answer a bunch of questions. So not always appropriate. We're not always in the mood, but I promise we'll answer the questions. Yes. Um, all right, that's it for this month. Thank you for enjoying this very long episode. Please tell your friends. Word of mouth is how we get this podcast out because we're terrible at selling our show, and no one gives a <laughs> shit about old video games. So if you like it, retweet it, tell tell people about it. It's great. Um, if you just listen to this, uh, come check out our Discord. We've got a good Discord. You can find a link on abnormalmapping.com. Next month, we have a guest. Uh, I think we have a guest. Pretty sure we have a guest. Yeah, and guest. we are playing Ostra's Wrath, which is the Capcom game, right? I did not look this up. Yeah. Cyber Connect 2 and Capcom presents. Yes. Uh, you can get that on your 360 or PS3. I'm playing the PS3 version. I think Jackson's playing the Xbox version, right? Yes. Um, I, yeah. That's how I played it back in the day. And that's what I'll play now. Um, and uh, I will point out for that one that you want to buy the DLC that has the real ending of the game. We will be covering it. It's important. <laughs> yes, they did just not put the ending in the game this was very it, controversial at the time but it was reason. also it was also part of the trend of how do we get people from buying used games that was taking video games over at this moment um and we'll probably talk about that a little when we get in that episode because it was weird back then <laughs> it, w- it wasn't really part of that trend because it wasn't like it came with a code it just, they just sold the ending oh, I know. but a lot of it was part of the like how do we get like if people are going to buy this game we need to make sure we get more money out of them and so we're going to make yes. sure that they, they have to buy the ending even if they buy the game used Yep. Project $10. EA's Project $10. Project $10. Man, that did not last very long. No. The, the, thing, best that happened, thing-, the thing that happened was everything went digital, and now you're going to buy a console that disk drive, you rube. The fun part about all the like really bad video game like schemes is that the, the just the reality of the video games became even worse in like whole yes. new directions. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. That's video. Plug zone, Jackson. Plug zone. We uh, haven't done plugs yet. 
Oh god, this is, we've been podcasting for what feels like three hours, but it's I guess it's two. That's that's enough. It's also uh, just been a really good episode. Like just it, soak it in. We did it. We fucking nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do the episode, you're like, man, we fucking nailed it. And this is one where we fucking nailed it. And if you disagree, don't tell me, because I'll be really sad about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh yeah. I I'm always curious because sometimes we feel the opposite, but usually people like the episodes regardless, so we do not make our feelings known. Yes. If you're like, this was as good as any other episode of No Mapping, good. We've bamboozled you for years. <laughs> yeah, for years. There have been some ones where I feel like, oh god. Yeah, Everyone that's how you know some... you're a professional when you hate the episode and everyone's like, no, it's fine. It's just like the other ones. You're like, oh thank God. They'll never find out that I'm a fraud. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll never know. But if you want to know, you can find me at headfallsoff at twitter.com. You can find other podcasts that we do at unknowamapping.com. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to Raptor Screenings, our movie podcasts. We just watched um, a movie that I've completely forgotten. Uh, Poltergeist. Do you want Jackson to tell you how they were so scared of PG movie for children Poltergeist? Fuck Check you. it out. The, con- the context is not. The context isn't even that embarrassing. No, it's not. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows your baby. They can watch your Resident Evil video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash normalmapping. Don't do that. Watch not Jackson because have a panic attack about the opening scene of Resident Evil. Not even starting the game, just the opening cutscene when you load the game up. I get really scared of video games. Anyway. No, it, it, it's endearing. Um, anyway. Um, yes. There's a, another video game show on our channel that I have to shout out. Uh, it is our friends at Journal Updated. Our friends Nora and Molly put out an episode the first of every month. Uh, so they go basically a couple days after this show. I think in this one, it'll probably be the day after. They have an episode about Mass Effect 3 coming up. I can't wait to listen to it. It's like three hours long. <laughs> yeah, the recording was four hours long. They cut a bit out, but it's uh, Mass Effect 3, baby. And after that, they'll be doing Death the Outsider, which is why I'm LPing Death the Outsider again. YouTube.com slash normal. I don't even know if that's the URL. Uh, whatever. You can I'm gonna, figure I'm it gonna, out. I'm going to check it. I'm actually going to check it live on this podcast. All right. If we've been plugging the wrong thing all this time. Here we go. Abnormal mapping. Reveal. I just don't know if you get it. It works. Okay, cool. Um, we still have so the you... old logo. Yeah. <laughs> we should change that. It's been a rocky road having a podcast for seven years. I don't recommend it, honestly. Uh, but um, you can support this show and all of our shows at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project. Me and Jackson are watching Gundam Wing. Uh, we're finishing Space Runaway Ideon uh, next week. And Wing's coming up at the end very soon. Check that out. It's a good, good podcast. We have to record that after this, and I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> the answer is we're so going to have lunch first. Or I'm going to have lunch and Jackson's going to have dinner, and it'll be great. Um, it's still lunch in my heart. <laughs> um, for $10 a month, you get VoIP Life, which is me and Jackson goofing off every two weeks. Uh, if you like the rowdy nature at the end of this podcast when we're punchy because we've been going too long, that podcast is like that all the time. People seem to like it. We often talk about video games. Jackson's Kingdom Hearts journey has been charted on that show. Uh, I, people people like it. If, it really helps us out if you support the network. Even if you can't do that, just let people know about the shows again, uh, especially abnormal mapping. I feel like we've come to be known for Gundam, and I'd rather we be known for our insightful video game commentary because we put way more effort into this podcast once a month than we do Gundam four times. <laughs> we try so hard. Like, uh, you know, I sometimes take notes for this one. <laughs> yeah. Do reading. I think a lot about stuff. We come in and I'm trying to be our most professional. It kind of slipped today, but often this is our most formal on the ball podcast. And it's the flagship show for a reason. Um, anyway, we've gone on so long. Please That's how you know we've some slipped because God- we're talking about how professional we are. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please go enjoy some video games, but don't expect to like them. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
can't say that. We don't have a quiz in this podcast. This was really new.